Welcome back to the Week 11 edition of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast Waiver Show. Hey, Betts is back and uh, joining me again this week. We're going to talk down some waiver options. How are you doing tonight, Betts? What's up, Ken? I'm doing great, man. Uh, it has been an interesting week in fantasy this week. Did you feel like that, too? Uh, Yeah, I had one matchup where I got one total touchdown on my entire team and my opponent had <laughs> eight. So uh, it was oh, pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> I was not, not happy about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, it, barring a girly a girly apocalypse tonight, I, I'm going to lose that that matchup, but that's okay. Yeah, I actually need a need a lot from Gurley in our fantasy footballers writers league, so we can cheer on Gurley together here when this is over. Woo-hoo! As a Okada, yeah. that lucky son of a gun gets to watch the game in person. I'm so jealous. Yeah, lucky, lucky dude. That's going to be a fun game to be at for sure. All right, let's break down some waiver targets for the week. We're uh, actually we're. We're going into week 12 now, aren't we? Yeah. We are going to be entering yeah. week 12, which is That's insane. Crazy. I can't I can't even believe it, but uh it there's still time to pick up guys. Uh, if you're like me in some of your leagues, you probably don't have any fab left cuz you tried going getting guys early in the season, you had to get wins to force yourself into the playoff picture. It happens. Uh you can always still try and throw out zero zero dollar bids on any of these dudes. They might slip through. It's happened to me before, so uh, be vigilant. You can always still get guys late in the year, no matter what. So let's start at the top with the quarterback position. I think there's an interesting name uh, right away who played his first career NFL game, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he looked pretty good. I, he rushed 27 times for h- how many yards was it? 117 rushing yards. My Lord. That's unbelievable. 27 rushing attempts. And and I uh, granted, that does include three kneel downs, but still 20, or excuse me, 24 is just an insane amount of rushing attempts for a quarterback. He was basically a wildcat running back uh, taking direct snaps for the most part this game. But but he provided a decent fantasy day. Uh, what do you think about his debut? Yeah, I mean, I think that they definitely tried to hide his arm a little bit. Um, like you mentioned, that he ran the ball like crazy, which is fantastic for, for fantasy. You're basically getting to play a quarterback-running back hybrid in your quarterback slot in fantasy, which we know you know, for quarterbacks is so super valuable. If you play in a standard-scoring league where each touchdown pass is four points, essentially every 40 rushing yards that Lamar Jackson gets is a touchdown pass. And so, you know, in a, in a game where he put up 117, he's doing quite well for you in terms of almost, you know, three, three passing touchdowns, the equivalent. So his floor is remarkably high, and his ceiling, you could argue, is even higher. I am really, really interested in him moving forward. Yeah, and uh, Harbaugh's already said that Joe Flacco is going to be out week 12, so Lamar Jackson is going to get another start this week. And the schedule going out of the year is uh, actually pretty dang good for the Ravens. We've talked about it numerous times on this podcast, you know, looking at John Brown, looking at Alex Collins, although we'll we'll discuss what oh, happened gosh. between uh, the running back situation there soon, but uh, the schedule's still really good. And Lamar Jackson, if you didn't already have him, you know, on your bench or something, Worth a pickup. I mean, that rushing floor is, we always talk about it, it's a safe play when your guy's going to be rushing for 100 yards a game, which, you know, might not happen again. But it was really good. It was good to see. Absolutely. And just to speak to that matchup, they get Oakland this week at home in Week 12, and then next week they're at Atlanta. So two back-to-back stellar matchups there for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I think you're right. I think they're kind of conservative intentionally with the passing game. I, I could see them opening that up a little bit against the Raiders in a matchup where they're not really terribly worried about beating them. I think the Raven defense is going to handle Carr. And uh, who's left at wide receiver? I think they have a cardboard cutout out there that's healthy. At this healthy. point, I'm going to go so, try out. I think I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> walk-ons, yeah. 
red shirts are going to uh, try out for the Oakland Raiders this yeah, year. So, but yeah, no, Lamar Jackson is definitely interesting. So he's worth an ad. He, he's not like a super spot starter like you know Deshaun Watson was when he walked on, but he could turn into that. He absolutely but, could. He could have a, a December where you know you look back at the end of the year and he potentially helps you win a, a title. So yeah, it, love it's him certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, up next, we're going to talk about a uh, Buccaneers quarterback. I feel like we've done that a few times on on this podcast. Uh, they keep swapping back and forth. Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and of course, P- Fitzpatrick got benched this last week for Jameis Winston once again. So, are you going to pick him up? I don't know. I'm so, I'm just so done with this situation. Uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about a guy that I'm very excited about for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the tight end position later, which I won't spoil. But in terms of of Winston, it, we know the story, right? It's the upside's there, but the mistakes happen, and so his his ceiling is certainly capped. The quarterback position is just so deep that I don't know if I'm really willing to go out and spend to get him. Certainly a zero dollar you know fab bid if you need a guy to start this week. But bye weeks are coming to a close, and so there's several options out there that I would prefer over top of Winston. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna pick up Winston because the coach has already said he's the starter, and now that sounds like a good thing, but. Jameis Winston's contract next year will be guaranteed if he gets injured for the rest any time in the rest of this year. So he's still at risk of being benched at any point. And, you know, like last time he got benched, I started him that week, and that was definitely a big hindrance to my fantasy score. I don't trust him enough, and Fitzpatrick is uh, good enough, I guess you would say. He, he gets the job done to some degree when he's not throwing terrible interceptions. But it, I just don't trust him. I can't trust him to stay in the starting lineup. So uh, I'm I'm kind of pretty speculative. But it's a good matchup this week. Yeah, he gets to take on the Niners. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So he's, he could be a good streaming option. So you got like Mahomes on by, uh, you know, maybe picking him up, play him, and then drop him and just get rid of him before something bad happens again. Uh, I, I did really quickly just want to say Baker Mayfield's name just as like a streaming candidate. He's also, I think, got starting potential – if not for the rest of the season, definitely into next year. But uh, he's only 41% owned, coming off that bye, playing against the Bengals, who have a pretty uh, weak secondary, giving up a lot of points to the position. So uh, I'd spend a couple bucks. Again, I, I had him benched uh, and ready to start in place of Mahomes this week. So I kind of had a plan there, and it I think it's going to work out pretty nicely. But what, what do you think about Mahomes? Or excuse me, about uh, Baker. I love Mahomes to speak to that. Yeah. I also don't uh, start him this week though. Yeah. I also love, uh, I love Baker. And like you said, I love his schedule and the matchup, especially this coming week, week 12, he gets to play the Bengals who are giving up the second most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Um, since the firing of Hugh Jackson, that offense has looked much better. And so, yes, mm-hmm. I, I do like him a lot moving forward. All right, let's get trucking on into the running backs here. The guys that like to do some of the trucking themselves, uh, let's talk about that Raven situation. Who is Gus Edwards? I who called this? Honest, did it, if anyone called Gus Edwards getting the amount of carries and production he did, I will subscribe and pay whatever money I have to get their fantasy knowledge for the rest of my lifetime <laughs> because no one saw this coming. That is a I feel strong like anyway. endorsement. Strong yeah. endorsement. Yeah, he, he flashed a little bit. It was back in week six against the Titans. He actually had 10 rush attempts in that game, and everyone was kind of like, okay, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Uh, but since then, he's done nothing. And so this is completely out of left field, out of the blue. Went for, what is it, 17 rush attempts for over 100 yards, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion. So everything yeah. that we thought Alex Collins was going to be in this matchup, who we all loved this week, 
it just wasn't the right guy. It was Gus Edwards. Well, and talking about that Ravens schedule, I loved Alex Collins going forward. I said he was a potential trade target. But if Gus Edwards decides to snick his grubby little nose into <laughs> Collins' backfield, uh, it's just not its not going to be good. They're going to split up this work too much. Ty Montgomery's there, who hasn't really been used much yet, but still could be. Buck Allen likes to do those one-yard halfback dives, as we die. all know and love. He hasn't really done it lately, but... It's 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 gross. I don't want to trust anyone in this backfield when it's uh, when it's operating like yeah, this. Yeah, and did you see Harbaugh's comment or quote after the game yesterday? Uh, I don't think so. What was it? Basically, he was talking about how all four of the running backs on the depth chart bring a unique skill set to the backfield and to the team. And what I read into that is that he is going to treat this as a committee, play the matchup in terms of a, a you know a defense not being great against the run or pass-catching backs, and he might switch a guy in and out based off what their skill set is. So, yeah, like you said, I don't think I can really buy this um, unless I see it again moving forward. So for now, for me, this is just a flash in the pan. The biggest problem is I, I totally endorse that strategy at an NFL level, but when it comes to fantasy football, it's super frustrating when you're trying to start a guy and get a plus matchup and then just the work is split or given to someone you weren't expecting, it's it's frustrating. So uh, I, anyway, what what would you spend to get Br- Gus Bradley? Or excuse me, Gus Edwards. <laughs> Nothing for Gus Bradley. I would spend up yeah. to 5% of my fabs to get Edwards just because of the fact that you know it's late in the season. There are not many startable running backs still on weavers and so yeah like i said i don't buy it for this week but you know he could be the last real startable running back that you get so yeah i'm willing to go up to five five percent okay well uh i i I may be a little bit lower than that but that's that's a good take so let's move on to josh adams he's still only 32 percent owned he had another pretty productive week here he had seven rush attempts for 53 yards which is very impressive uh touchdown on the ground and then he had six targets three receptions for 19 yards and I said it before, I'll say it again, he's the best running back in his backfield right now, and that's been proven again. What do you think about him? Yeah, it's it's no question. He absolutely is the best back in that backfield. Uh, this week, heading into the week, Doug Peterson, the, the Eagles head coach, was saying that he, they wanted to get him more touches moving forward. Just unfortunately with this game, which, gosh, that was so miserable to watch, the Eagles got absolutely destroyed in new orleans and so the game script did not allow for him to get more work i do think more work is coming for him uh moving forward and you know he's been very effective on his touches that he's gotten so i love adams moving forward yeah i i kind of like him too i wish i'd maybe grabbed him speculatively you know there's always guys where you're you're not really sure you're on the fence do you is it worth dropping someone but i kind of wish i'd done it now he seems to be the one who's going to be leading the way going out of the year so uh, but honestly, this the the usage in terms of rushing kind of scares me. He's still single digit rush attempts, and the Eagles' offense in general has kind of been stumbling. So that's putting it very you know, kindly. Thank if you. Kent. Yeah, it is. I was putting it pretty <laughs> kindly for you there, Mr. Eagles fan. Oh, but it's been brutal. Uh, they haven't been ahead too much lately, so that doesn't normally play into the hands of a running game. But at least he's getting six targets. So yeah, he he could he could kind of lean towards that game script proof type of play i just don't know if it's reliable yeah absolutely and i think that those concerns are, are very valid so I, I agree all right uh let's go ahead and talk about mr well carry on johnson got injured uh, could you give us maybe a little insight into that quickly yeah he injured his left knee in the game and it was kind of a weird play where he got 
you know, fell on top of by a defender as he was getting tackled. The front of his knee hit the turf, and when that happens, there's always a concern for a PCL injury. Um, we don't know exactly what the, the injury is to Johnson, but good news came from the MRI. It, it showed a, a sprain. So a ligament is involved. We just don't know which one. Uh, but Ian Rappaport from NFL.com is reporting that it's going to be a one- to two-week absence. So uh, good news for Karrion Johnson owners because at the moment it, it looked like it could have been worse. Hmm. Okay. So do you have any desire to add one of Laguerre Blunt or Theo Riddick? I, I definitely am hesitant on both of these guys. Blunt, we know what he is. He's a plotter. And if he doesn't fall in the end zone, your week is ruined. Riddick, I am a little bit more intrigued by, especially this week. Um, he gets to go against the Bears, which is a terrible matchup for the run game. And so I think that the Lions revert back to their old ways and they have to move the ball through the air the entire game, which you know we've seen that be effective for Theoretic with all those checkdowns from Matt Stafford. So uh, I'm willing to play Riddick in PPR leagues this week. Otherwise, not really interested. Yeah, I kind of echo that statement. Um, I, I haven't looked at their schedule here, but if, if they have maybe like a really solid matchup for Blunt, I, I'll consider, you know, like a flex consideration just on the touchdown upside. But I, I don't know if I'm willing to really commit to that uh, long term by any means yeah and, and like i said fortunately too with this injury hopefully this is not a lengthy absence so you know if you are going to rely on one of these lines running backs it's going to be a short-term thing anyway which is good news yeah um okay well let's talk real quick you know i brought this name up before elijah mcguire and and he's coming off the bye again so you might be able to sneak him for pretty cheap because he didn't just you know have like a huge game or anything i think he's the lead running back Going forward, Isaiah Crowell's been very kind of meh. So, I don't. Do you have any thoughts on him? I've kind of expressed my my ideas. Yeah, we've talked about him a decent amount, so we can kind of just touch on him quickly. I think the thing that you know we need to remind our listeners of is the fact that he got almost all of the pass catching work uh, in that backfield, which we know in fantasy is very valuable in any PPR format. And so, for that reason, I do prefer him to Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Rex Burkhead, speculative ad or no? I think so. Um, he's coming back from the IR. He's going to be activated soon, and he will be eligible to play. Uh, I believe it's December 2nd is the first game that he's eligible to play, which is a few weeks away. So, yeah, speculative ad. The thing that we need to remind ourselves of, though, is prior to him going down with that injury, we saw the emergence of Sonny Michelle, and it was very heavily in Michelle's favor. So you never know what the Patriots are going to do, but sure, I would love to have another Patriots player on my roster. Honestly, uh, based on how he was used last year, I still can't say no. He's not worth an ad. I mean, he's he's worth having on a roster. He could have touchdown potential still. So, uh, for that reason alone, I will add him. Let's move over to the wide receiver position. Talk about a dude who had a pretty dang good day. Actually, the top two guys we're talking about had the exact same stat line with different amount of targets. So the first guy we'll talk about is Traquan Smith. He had ten receptions. For uh, 157 yards and one touchdown. And I guess they weren't exactly the same. They also had different receptions. But anyway, huge day for Traquan Smith uh, and the Saints. Drew Brees is having a borderline MVP caliber season. You want a, you want a piece of that. Uh, and Traquan Smith, we talked about him before as a speculative ad. After that zero target game, it was pretty frustrating. He probably got dropped a lot of places, but uh, worth worth grabbing now. Thoughts? Oh, 100%. And we, we talked about that on the pod this this past week that 
you know, Traquan Smith and Okada even mentioned he almost made him a start of the week. It was a complete outlier in terms of not receiving any targets or receptions the week prior. And man, did he explode this week. Yeah, I think it's it's probably unrealistic to expect this week to week from um, Traquan Smith, given that Michael Thomas is the lead dog there. But yeah, no reason he can't get you five to seven catches each week and 80 to 90 yards consistently. So yes, I do think that he is definitely viable moving forward. Wow, 80 to 90 yards consistently. I would take that in a heartbeat. So, Have you seen what Drew Brees yeah. is doing, man? It is That's unreal. fair. That's unreal. fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you want a piece of this offense. They are absolutely rolling right now. Uh, no signs of stopping, and you want a piece of it. Brandon, Brandon Marshall's nothing, and uh, Traquan Smith is the wide receiver too there. So 100% agree. I, how much would you spend on him at this point? I think at this point in the season, I'm willing to go up to five percent i i just generally don't spend a lot on receivers um mm-hmm. out of the ones that we're going to talk about he is the second most valuable to me uh, on this list and we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about the next one here in a minute but yeah five percent i could see you going a little higher if you lost you know a player to injury or you really need someone to fill in right now and your receiving core is struggling yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the next one. Who? So I read the stat line wrong. Only had seven receptions for 157 targets. Or excuse me, that's a lot of targets. 157 yards and a touchdown. DJ Moore, welcome to the big league. He uh he put on a clinic this last week, and uh, Devin Funches did not. I don't know if you watched any of that game, but uh, it was a pretty rough game for Funches and a really good game for DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore absolutely exploded this past week, and I actually saw you tweet out before the game started that this is the week that he was going to prove everyone wrong and just come out and, and yeah. have a monster Proved smash me week. wrong Yeah, more than anything. I've been trying to get behind him and believe in him, but he just didn't really get forced the ball enough. This uh, Last week he certainly did. Eight targets is uh, pushing towards the wide receiver one kind of area and uh you hope he gets that going forward he has a really favorable schedule for the rest of the year could be a league winner type of guy i love dj Moore. we don't i don't i think you've heard that if you've listened to this pod before just once or twice is he <laughs> is he can uh the wide receiver one in that offense now do you think Over i think so i think i think that's what they always intended for him to be and they just kind of had to work him up to NFL speed and get him involved in the offense. I mean, they have plenty of solid weapons on that team. You know, Christian McCaffrey, even Funchess is good in his own right. They also have Curtis Samuel, who I think is good, but not as good as DJ Moore, uh, but definitely good in like a gadgety kind of way. They, they have a great offense and they didn't really need to rely on Moore, but uh, now they can, they've, they know that if they need to, they can lean on him. So yeah. I'm excited about him. Absolutely, and just to speak I, to that too, David Fun or David Funches, Devin Funches, um, only double-digit fantasy points in four weeks this year. We're now in week eleven, so yeah, wow. it, it has not been a good week or a good year, excuse me, for for Funches. And I do believe the tide is turning; it's shifting towards CJ Moore, and, and I'm excited about it. I uh, I'm ready to if he's a free agent in my league, spend probably twenty five twenty to twenty five percent of my fab to get him. Woo! Yeah. I mean, at this point, who else? Are you, who are you going to get better than a, a potential wide receiver one in, with a favorable favorable schedule? I, that's I absolutely don't know, a good point. You know? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I put on the doc. You know, I'd go ten percent, and same argument as as Smith. You could go up to fifteen uh, percent. It's sure. It's late in the season. You talked about it. That playoff schedule is absolutely amazing. I'm going to pull it up real quick so we can remind our listeners because it is uh, it is fantastic. He gets starting next week. The Seattle Seahawks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Cleveland Browns, the Saints, 
and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so those last four games are money. Yeah, money yeah. in the bank. He could absolutely be a league winner, like you said. Yeah, he's got that potential. So I, I'm ready to go out and try and get him. But let's talk about a guy who's playing tonight, and this could be highly contingent on how he performs tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs. He is Josh Reynolds of the Rams, and uh, he's filling in for uh, Cooper Cup. So I, this one's kind of – I'm not going to say too much about him because we got to watch and see how he performs tonight, and it'll be a good litmus test to kind of decide if he's worth spending up on. I have him on a couple rostered speculatively. I'm not starting him or anything yet, but I think he's uh, worth an ad. Yeah, I think so too, and I think even regardless of truly what – happens tonight he still will be worth an ad you know barring injury of course um we talked about it a little bit last week we're not sure how these targets from cooper cup are going to get divvied up we will find our answer here shortly and by the time you're listening to this podcast you'll also know the answer but yeah if he has a a great week and he's seeing a, a high target share you know he certainly is worth worth picking up i am slightly concerned by the rams playoff schedule because in week um 14 he gets the bears and then in uh, week 16 championship weekend he gets the cardinals uh, and they're both pretty good against the pass so far this year so um it's a little bit sketchier and that's why i'm a little bit more hesitant i'd probably spend four four percent or so uh to get him yeah i think i'm with you two to three uh, if you're desperate for a receiver up to five but no more than that all right, well, speaking of the Bears, let's talk about uh, one of the biggest biggest and scariest ones, Mr. Anthony Miller. He's actually not big at all, but uh, he's been playing big. He's got touchdowns three of the last four weeks. It, you know, he had one this last week. He only had two receptions, but it was against, you know, the stout Minnesota defense. Let's not talk about that game any further. I'm still sad. Um, but, it was a rough week for us, Kent. Yeah, no kidding, huh? But Anthony Miller looks great. I think um, – Allen Robinson's going to be the one, but Anthony Miller's 100% the two. I don't think Taylor Gabriel's really cut out for that um, in terms of play style. Yeah, and I, I love Miller's game. He is is very effective, quick, gets in and out of his breaks really quick, great hands, and yeah, I, I do think that, again, similar situ- situation where second half of the season, rookie receiver like DJ Moore, like Traquan Smith, they start to develop and become more reliable for their quarterbacks, and with the way Mitch Trubisky has been playing, um, yeah, give me, give me his pass catchers. Yeah, uh, I'm actually pretty impressed with Trubisky. Even last night, he they were picking us apart. They were picking apart a very good Minnesota Vikings uh, defense. And so if he's a guy that's able to do that, and yes, it might be driven um, by Nagy, but that's okay. I mean, if it works for the quarterback, it's going to work. So I'm excited about that offense going forward. Yeah, what a fun fun offense to watch. They're so creative. Oh, with getting, it's, it's fun. Getting the the ball, misdirection, misdirection. Is, is insanity. Yeah. They're always going left or right, and you never know where, where yeah, it's going. If you watch the linebackers when they play against the offense, they, they're just frozen oh. in their tracks, and they can't they can't pursue the I, ball the way they need I to. Yelled, I yelled at my TV so many times for how, how often they got fooled, honestly. Yeah, but. It's, it's creative. It's fun to watch. All right, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of tight ends real quick here. I, I added one here. You had one on. I'll, I'll let you talk about yours first. Yeah, so I put on here uh, Cameron Bray, a guy who I talked about uh, a few weeks ago, actually, as my start of the week, way back when O.J. Howard injured his knee and had an MCL injury. Howard is hurt again, and he is dealing with a high ankle sprain. They're not sure exactly how long he's going to be out for, um, but he is going to get a second opinion on that. And so hopefully by Wednesday or Thursday of this week, we'll know more details. But you have to expect Howard to potentially miss at least one game and maybe more. And the fact that 
Jameis Winston is starting is really what makes me happy about Cameron Brait this week and very excited. Uh, the, the relationship between those two is well established as we've seen in the past. And, you know, the Titan landscape, as we see week after week, just gets worse and worse. Um, and so Cameron Brait could be a savior if you're in need of a tight end. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. We all know that Jameis Winston loves him. And uh, if there's no O.J. Howard there, then, you know, you you can kind of rely on Cameron Brait, I, I think. And, and even if, you know, Winston gets pulled and Fitzpatrick goes in, it, without O.J. Howard there, still fine play. So I 100% agree with that. If you're desperate for a tight end, which some people are, if you're like a Jared Cook owner and you're just sick of his shenanigans, um can always roll the dice on camera break, so I like it. Absolutely, and like you said, this is totally contingent on if Howard is out. If Howard somehow does play, then, you know, not really interested in, uh, in camera break, but who is your who's your tight end that you're excited for this week? Well, it's a little bit uh, riskier, and I've talked about this guy before, and he never really got involved in the offense as much as I thought he would, uh, but Jonu Smith recently has been getting more and more involved with the uh, Tennessee Titans offense, I think Mariota's finally starting to come around. Although I am a little bit worried about his hand issue. Uh, but that aside, the Titans offense seems to be rolling a little bit better. Um, Jonu Smith this last week had eight targets, six receptions for only 44 yards. But it's good to see him get some usage. He's got four red zone targets in the last, uh, I think it's four weeks. Sorry, I didn't write that down. I was just trying to remember that. But he, he's getting red zone looks. So, uh, I mean... Again, you'd have to be pretty desperate or in a deep league or something, but if you could get him for free, which you probably can, he could be worth a start going forward, honestly. Yeah, he was a guy that we were all pretty excited about when he uh, got his opportunity with Delaney Walker getting injured, but you know it just hasn't happened early in the season. Finally, like you said, these past few weeks, he's a, you know he's showing what he could be, and uh, like we talked about just a second ago, tight ends, everyone needs one, so... Yeah, I like I like Janu, and we'll just touch on the the Mariota injury quickly. Um, he did suffer a stinger, which basically is a quick stretch to the nerves that exit your neck and your shoulder region, um, and it can cause numbness, tingling, those kind of things. Typically, a stinger is just a one day to two day injury. However, if this is more serious than that, and you know the term stinger is being thrown out there incorrectly, uh, he could be out for a week. So we want to definitely monitor that because the Titans play on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and uh, we got the Thanksgiving games coming up. It's uh, it's a good week for that. We'll uh, we'll have the show on Wednesday. Maybe we'll, we'll throw a little uh, turkey theme in there. I have no idea what that is, but I'll find a way. Oh, I, I always do. Based on your <laughs> Halloween antics, I cannot wait for Thursday. Uh, <laughs> we'll have fun with it. But uh, yeah, that that wraps up the list for today's waiver wire show. Thank you for listening. Reach out to us on Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod. Bets, thank you for your assistance here today. It was very kind of you. As always, Kent, let's go watch Todd Gurley win us our week. I need a Gurley Let's go! We are the Red Shirts. Thank you.